This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. All right. Hey, yeah. that works. It worked, man. Awesome. Yeah. Last week we had some technical difficulties that prevented us from being on the the live stream, but also prevented us from actually nor- using our normal intro. Mm-hmm. And we've worked around that. Yeah. Not because we're geniuses, but because sometimes we stumble into we it. just kind of stumble <laughs> into things, and it worked. Awesome, man. Like I um I. I'm amazed to this day, still, and I shouldn't be, of how we can we can communicate with so many people in the push of a button. Like it's even true. now, like you hit live, yep. and literally right now, anyone in the world can log into our Facebook page, which you all should do, and listen to us talking about the year in review. Yep, it's amazing to me. It is amazing. I, just, I should not be surprised. Well, you, you think about you think about what technology was. Prior to the internet. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly deliberate. There's mm-hmm. so much that had to happen. It was very expensive. You had to have a lot of specific equipment mm-hmm. to make it work. And then you had to have not just the equipment, but you also had the, the broadcast ability, yeah. which required antenna, which required huge amplifiers mm-hmm. to get a strong signal out. And so some people couldn't even afford no. the radio stations, TV yeah. stations, like yeah. local stuff. It's just a small radius, mm-hmm. and you know, here we are without any of that. I mean, we're sitting here with this roadcaster. We've got the mics, a laptop, a running t- Facebook, a ten by twelve room, yeah, with sound panels on the wall, yep. and we're literally going out to the whole world. to the whole world. It's incredible, right. just incredible. Praise it God, really for, is. praise God for the technology. As much as of a pain it is to us to get it <laughs> to get it all working correctly, it's a, such a wonderful gift. And I think it I really think, is. Yeah. Yeah, we've and had look, a we, lot of fun with technology today. We, we've learned a lot in the past year, haven't we? <laughs> Talk about the yeah. education. We'll now, I feel like I should have some sort of certificate <laughs> on my wall. You know how people like to put their training certificates, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Their, their degrees. We should have like a COVID media tech education yeah. certificate. Mm-hmm. On our wall, with and a little stamp on it and yeah. everything. If anyone, you, if you could log into Facebook and watch a video or log into Zoom and participate in a conversation, you should get a certificate that you achieve something of, you know, some sort of te- technological uh, uh, expertise. Uh, surprisingly, some people are still trying to figure out Zoom and they still don't know when to mute the microphone or when to unmute. So that is but we've all true. Come, we've all come a long way, which is we have. which is our subject for today in a our um, year in review episode. Yes, we are. Officially celebrating our one-year anniversary mm-hmm. as a podcast. Yes. Now, technically, uh, it's not the day of, but because of our schedule for episodes, mm-hmm. we decided to go ahead and bump it up a week early yeah. because, you know, we can just make a whole m- month celebration yeah. out of one-year podcasting. Now, now, don't forget, though, we had two weeks of garage tapes, remember, that we didn't release. Yes, Right. Yeah. So we actually have before we close down. I think we still have one of them. Like we may have one audio and one video. Okay. That was done back in the old original studio. Yeah, we're sitting side by side. Yeah, one was side yeah, by oh, side sure, sure, in the video. One, one audio, just raw everything. Yeah. yeah. 
those, those will be the released. Prequels. Those, those will be released on the DVD one day, or the or the, the, the digital release. <laughs> right, of the, the, early the days. virtual reality, yeah, but notable experience <laughs> where you put your your visor on. Uh-huh. And then yeah. we and then we moved to our houses and our closets. closets. We started recording officially yep. a year ago, and, and so uh, we launched our first episode on May, uh, March seventeenth, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, so we're about ten days away from that. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking uh, just a little while ago about what the timeline was for us here in Baton Rouge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with COVID yep. and when things got shut down, mm-hmm. and we're right at that one year mark. Yeah, absolutely. When everything was in the old normal. And then COVID, yeah, and then it was just this weird, crazy, yeah. surreal experience that we were, we're still in. We're not out of this pandemic yet, yeah. and we have been talking about this podcast for months, right? Because yeah. we like to talk about things for months, absolutely. Before we do, do, yeah. do anything, yeah. um, but that afforded us the opportunity to go ahead and pull the trigger on it, and it's it's been a fun ride. It has it really from has. from closet episodes to getting into the studio, to shifting over to this new studio, which now you get to see if you're on the Facebook Mm -hmm. live stream. Mm And uh, it looks pretty good. It does. It does. I love it. Now, some Dave, people Dave's may, done most of the work. You look, it look, it look, it really, really looks good in here for sure. I, I will. I will own that. Yes, have, I have. Yeah, he has a lot of work in the studio. Work. Some may wonder where's the succulent because uh, I posted oh, yeah. Yeah. about you know, looking for a succulent the, the plant, other day, yeah. and uh, I did not get one because the succulents I were looking at there at the Home Depot were live plants. Mm. And uh, you and I just we need a plastic. Yeah, plant. We'll, if it's if it's alive, we'll we'll probably kill live it. plants it'll need die. love and care, yeah, it'll die. nurturing. Sure. And uh, while we can handle that when it comes to like our families and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, leaving a plant up here during the week, yeah, it's just not a good idea. I um I have no doubt in my mind that one week it'll look fine. A couple of weeks later, it'll be crust. Crispy and brown, um, <laughs> even the hardy ones right. uh, would not survive. Succulents are hard to kill, from yeah. what I understand, which is why they're kind of popular these days. But we probably find a way. So yeah, anyway, good. yeah. So so March eighth um, was our last Sunday together as a church in person. Yeah. That next Sunday um, we canceled, thinking at the time that this COVID thing was going to be a couple of weeks, uh-huh. maybe, maybe a month, and then we'll be fine. Like by the time we got to Easter, we were going to be all good, right? Yeah. The things that we thought in these early days. And then the following week is when all the news really started breaking yeah. nationally. And so out of caution, we closed down the church office. We decided we were going to stay close for a few more weeks just to be safe, to do our part, to uh, stop the spread and flatten the curve. And That's all those right. We all those words and, and phrases. And still, we thought Easter was a possibility. We thought at the latest Mother's Day, we'll be back. We thought... Right. Six weeks, we'll be out of this COVID thing. It's America. We have all the we, medicine. You know, I think we'll we fine. also foolishly thought that people would behave themselves. Exactly, right. And that right. they would do what was necessary to, to flatten the mm-hmm. curve. Yeah. And, man, we didn't do anything no. to help matters. No, and we, it just spread it got all worse over the place. It got worse. Yep. And we kept pushing back another week and then a few more weeks. And we're yep. into the summer. Yep. And finally, we got reopened in, I guess, June, a couple of weeks. We did. And then I thought I had contracted it or I was exposed were, to it. Yeah. And so we Shut closed it down again for what another two weeks? Oh no, about a five weeks because that was really? that was in that's June. That's true, and then That's we didn't reopen until August. That's right. And so from from the second Sunday in March until August, we met twice in person, and then in August came around, we kicked it back off. We haven't missed yeah. one since. 
But uh, that was a, a really weird time. And being back together has really helped. Um, it's more normal to be in a room with people yeah. singing and, and hearing the sermon. I preached a lot of sermons by myself or in front of my family at home in front of a camera. <laughs> and it was, man, it was weird and it's just awkward. not normal. No, no, not at all. And I just... Uh, I'm thankful that we got to go back to, 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 to the worship service with our church family. And, um, you know, fortunately, our state has not been so bad the last several months. We've been able to keep meeting, no extra restrictions. Yeah. In fact, those restrictions have been rele- uh, re- relieved or reduced yeah. over the last few weeks. And so we're thankful for that. But, um, yeah, it's it's been quite a year. And, um, you know, you didn't have a beard when we started all this podcast. You didn't either, I don't think. You, I did. Well, I just, you, just you were back. just starting just to get back. Yeah. yeah, you had some scruff. Go back, gone to Israel. Uh, I didn't shave. Into a beard. That's right. I came back, decided I was going to keep it. My wife was okay with it, so we rolled with it. And a year later, I still have it. And uh, so, anyway, let's talk a little bit about uh, the past year, some things we've experienced. Yeah, let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. So we we put out forty episodes. Yeah. Last season for season one. Now, if you if you go to like our um, well any any of our platforms where you can find Footnotable. Mm-hmm. You will notice that there's 39 listed episodes. Yes. And that is because we did one entire episode live stream only. Only on Facebook. Because I forgot to bring up the SD card to record the audio. Mm-hmm. And so that episode is a Facebook only yeah. item. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, like those uh, episodes are our prequels we talked about oh sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if you, if you don't get it on fa- facebook it's a limited edition episode it's limited edition <laughs> if you didn't see it's it it's only there it's gone yeah so we actually did 40 mm-hmm. and we covered a, a lot of different topics uh we went through a, a book mm-hmm. did yep. about 10 10 episodes yep. on uh, on a book uh, the uh, 10 commandments of the Pro- progressive christianity yeah yep. we talked about some how hot button cultural mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. And we covered a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate everyone that tuned in to listen. You know, I mentioned earlier this morning, I guess it was for first four to six months. It was kind of slow yeah. getting, getting listeners, which is kind of normal when you mm-hmm. start off a podcast uh, like this, you know, honestly the, the market's saturated. It is. And uh, we, we recognize that. We recognize yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and, but it picked up after a while. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting to see what were the popular episodes mm-hmm. because typically we would get slow accumulation of, of plays. Mm-hmm. And certain episodes was just sort of kind of staying, you know, number one, number two right. in popularity. And then we sort of crossed a point where we were getting plays a lot faster. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what was popular began to shift mm-hmm. because people were going into the backlog of season one, finding episodes they wanted to listen to yeah. and, and giving them a play. And so we actually have a season one top 10 yeah. episodes based on the number of plays. Okay. So, Orrin, how should we do these? We should, should we do a countdown or should we count up? Let's count one? up. Let's start from 10 to 1. All right, 10 to 1. So... Number 10 yes. in our episodes for season one was dealing with digital, mm-hmm. which was part three of our Navigating the Digital Age series. That was a yep. three-part series where we got into the whole reality of screens and phones and social media and streaming and all these things that we kind of, we've always had. Mm-hmm. 
And COVID has just sort of thrust us into it. And it's particularly important on things with like a Gen Z, their interaction with these things and how it, uh, how it kind of uh, dominates Mm -hmm. their lives. And so that particular episode was about how do we respond to all the technology and the digital stuff that is now just part of our reality. Yeah. We we talked a little bit about um, how our generation kind of had to adopt some of this technology. Yeah. Whereas our children are native, it's native to their lives. Yeah. And so the idea of like a cell phone when we were growing up was like a big bag phone or that big shoebox right. looking thing. We remember the Seinfeld episodes where they yeah. mocked yeah. cell yeah. phones exactly. and the walk and talk and exactly. things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then later we had the, the one that flipped out with the antenna, like yep. they, were, they were a little bit bigger. And so we kind of grew into that technology. I, I showed our teens in youth Bible study a few weeks ago. Yeah. My first cell phone. Mm-hmm. They're talking about theirs because it's all like iPhone it's all stuff. iPhones, yeah. And I showed them mine. It's an old Motorola flip. Yeah, you use your teeth. Pull the, pop, pull the pop antenna that, out. Yeah, out. And they thought I just showed them a dinosaur bone. Exactly. Yeah, it's twenty years old, but yeah. or fifteen years old, but that that was what it was. And so it's more we, than that. Well, yeah, that's true. Early nineties. I mean, late 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 nineties. Yeah. And so the 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 just the the drastic difference between our generation sort of adopting this as we went versus our children who have lived with smartphones and digital screens with all the apps and yeah. all the all the access all the time all the time and so they've always we we haven't always had it but they've always had it yeah. but it's fascinating to me how much we've adopted it and so any adult in their 40s, they're as much on their phone now as the kids are. That is true. That's one of the misconceptions about technology yeah. and screen time is that, oh, it's all those teens and the kids. Mm-hmm. They are on it so much, but mm-hmm. not us. Right. But when you actually look at the numbers. Very similar. They are they are extremely similar yeah. in the amount of time that adults and their kids spend yeah. uh, with, the, with the screen. There's easy ways to, to notice this. Any elevator you get on, everybody's looking at their phone. Right. Go to the doctor's office in the waiting room. Phones. No matter what age you are, everybody's looking at their cell phones. Yep. Even sitting in traffic, you can look to your left and to your right, someone's People on their cell phone. Their it's, cell and it, and these, these are adults. These, these are not yeah. children or teenagers. That's exactly right. And so the digital age is a real deal. It's not going yep. away. And if and you go back and listen to the episode and some of the things we, we, we talked about, but we have to know how to manage this and navigate this because it's going to be with us for the foreseeable future. That's right. And that brings us to our number nine yep. episode, which was the very first one in this series of Navigating the Digital Age, which we titled, We Welcome Our Digital Overlords. Exactly right, yeah. And so we just talked about the reality of where digital is now. Mm-hmm. And why it's important, mm-hmm. and so we kind of we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but uh, yeah, that that's two of those episodes out of the three that made our top ten, and I think it just goes to show you that this is a important topic that's now, right. and it's going to be relevant for a long time coming. In fact, yeah. we've got a youth event here at First Baptist this weekend where it we're talking we're calling it Redeem the Screen mm-hmm. because we want to teach our teens how to take these these uh, these technologies like these phones mm-hmm. that they're always on. And use them for some better purposes yes. than typically what they consume uh, with with the media right now. And so we don't want to say get rid of them; they're part of our lives. They have to, yeah. So yeah. you have to learn how to redeem it. It's like it would be like someone saying, "Oh, those automobiles, no one needs that. Well, yeah. horse and buggy are fine." Yeah. And then you're just getting left behind, right? That's right. It's That's the same right. thing. If you refuse to adopt the technology <laughs> so to some degree, it's, you're not going to have it. it yeah. You won't be able to, to communicate any longer, and so. Um, and so this is ne- it's necessary, and we did make the point of saying 
that when we, we push back against all the ways at which technology is enslaving us and taking us over, we have to recognize that we've given them a lot of that freedom to do that to us. Right. Google spying on me. Well, you gave them all your information yeah. to begin with, right? You, you typed it in yourself. Yes. Nobody made you. Exactly. So it's it's the whole, you know, um, brave new world where yeah. we are welcoming our digital overlords, as you said, welcoming our uh, digital masters to tell us what to think and how to feel and yeah. where to shop and what to eat. And so some of this is on us. We've given them that power. It's a, it's a little tongue in cheek, but it's also. It, it is. It's also it's probably true. true. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So our number eight episode was uh, one that I, it's it's still very I think important to you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the, it was disagreeing with grace yeah. because we live in a culture right now where people have forgotten how to have conversations and they don't know how to disagree with people with any amount of grace. Yeah. Now you still have some folks that do it well. Yeah, we're not saying there's no one, but the culture has basically trained people. And it's not just social media, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's in the public discourse as well, mm-hmm. that you just yell down your opponents. Mm-hmm. And so we did a whole episode, and we probably, honestly, we could, we could probably uh, do a series, and probably at some point we should do a series on disagreeing with, great, with grace, or just how to have conversations with people with whom you disagree. Mm-hmm. Because we all disagree on things. Yeah, sure. And a lot of things we disagree on, aren't as important as we think they are. Exactly right. But yet we make them out to be almost life and death. Right. And we just have to go out people with such, you know, vim and vitriol. And we just have to, you know, character assassinate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we we give into all these logical fallacies, uh, you know, straw man arguments Mm -hmm. and slippery slope type arguments that, that, that are fundamentally flawed. But yet we hang on to them as if they are valid ways of attacking people rather than actually dealing with ideas yes and we, we make them into our enemies and right. we have to defeat them or win them like if the, that's unless right unless you agree with me now you are my enemy you're my enemy you. you're wrong and you're always and, wrong and that is that is never a, a healthy approach no when having public discourse and, right. and so the days of being able to gather at the public square and have a conversation about what we believe those days feel like they're in the past they're gone now it's a matter of conquering your enemies who disagree with you yeah. and dis- disagreements happen christians of all people should be gracious in our disagreements it doesn't mean that you have to that you have to change what you believe to agree with grace not um, at all no because when we begin to view people who disagree with us as our enemies then, then it was likely we'll stop caring about their souls, and all we want right. is, is their is their loyalty to our to our arguments or yeah. our side, and that just that's not like Christ, you know. And so Jesus didn't um, rail against people who disagreed with him. He sort of chastised those, and he had sharp words, but he did so because he cared about them. And he loved them. Even yeah. his hard words for the Pharisees were done to correct them, but it wasn't. You never get the sense from Jesus that he was just trying to defeat them with his words. And I feel like that's not what, at all. That's what we've resorted to now, and it's yeah. just it's just not healthy for individuals or for churches. No, without a doubt, it's it's not. And that kind of ties in a little bit with the number seven episode, which was the state of theology, because as we say a lot here at First Baptist, theology matters absolutely. And as we take a look at what people are believing and how those beliefs are shifting in the church. You know, we like to point fingers outside the church yeah. and say, oh, well, look at all the unbelievers and how they have walked away from our 
Christian values and our Christian beliefs and, you know, things that we believe that this nation was, was founded on mm-hmm. and they no longer embrace that. But when we actually sort of put the microscope on the church itself, yeah. we find that in almost equal measure, people that claim to be Christians are walking away from these very mm-hmm. same fundamental divine yeah. truths that we find in the Bible. And those that are sticking with the church is when you begin to examine what they actually believe versus what they say they believe, when you get an honest moment from them, it's scary yeah. to see the messed up or lack of doctrine that you find in people that are regular attenders at with, church. Without a doubt. Yeah, you expect the world that does not know Christ to have to have bad understandings of God. You should expect people in the church to have correct understandings of Jesus and God and the Spirit and the church and sin and all these types of, of important doctrines. But even within the church, you find people who are ignorant of these truths and yet they claim to be followers of Jesus. And so the state of theology um, in America is is not great. There are some very bright spots for sure. But yes. as a whole, it is troubling to me to see the level of biblical ignorance in our culture and in our church culture. Right. And that can only have negative effects. And so we have a responsibility to begin to teach correctly the Word of God so that our people have something right to believe in. And hopefully in time that will correct their, their own beliefs into their children and grandchildren, and there'll be some faithfulness through many generations. Yeah, because God has sustained His church Excellent. throughout, yeah. you know, all these these many long years, and He will continue to do so. But we'd have to be intentional about uh, teaching and passing that on to the next yeah, generation. Absolutely, yeah. Well, our number six epi- uh, six uh, most popular episode of last season for a long time stayed our number one. Yeah. And that was Religious Liberties and COVID-19. That was pretty early on in the podcast. It was early on. The first, the first, the first few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first uh, yeah. first episodes that we did. And, you know, we, we kind of opened up a can of worms. We did. Because this was a real contentious topic uh, as government and local authorities were trying to do things they felt were the most beneficial for the greatest number of people to help, as we Say again, all those worn out phrases, you know, like uh, flatten the curve and, you know, this to protect people. You know, we saw mass mandates. We saw uh, limits put on capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, We saw limits put on who could be open as far as a business and and what uh, was concerned. And so there were some people who were saying, look, this is an attack on the church. And uh, there was a lot of misinformation out there about what was being done. Now, there were some isolated cases where it did seem, you know, quite clear that mm-hmm. some people were trying to use their their position of power to, sure. to, to oh, take absolutely. some to take some absolutely. pot shots at the church. Absolutely. Uh, but overall, you know, it's not what we were seeing. And we just had to have an honest conversation about religious liberties as it related to this pandemic, right. what was really happening, what wasn't happening yeah. and how are we as believers to respond? Yeah. And it, it was, it, it was a nationwide conversation. It was, especially in churches, but not only in churches, but Christians were asking, okay, what is our responsibility here? And are our rights being taken away or infringed yeah. upon? And it's, it's, a, it's a legitimate conversation. It is. Um, and fortunately in our state, Things were not as bad as they are in some other states where churches were really, really facing um, power struggles in their own governments about how much freedom they should have to meet. Um, right. Whether it was from the the complete restrictions of meeting or uh, the the um, the reduced amount of space that they were given to meet in, 
some churches didn't come back until the fall. I mean, they didn't meet for months and months yeah. because their, their local governments were making it harder on them. And there, this was a legitimate conversation that how much, how much power, how much right does the government have to tell churches when they can or cannot meet? Um, and I think we, we chose not to meet out of caution for our own congregation. Sure. Because this COVID thing was brand new. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how dangerous it was. But also to be kind to our neighbors, um, to show them that we cared about them. We understood that if we were one of the few churches that was open, more people might be coming to church, which would put more strain on our space limitations. And so we felt like closing was the right thing to do for a while. But eventually it was time to come back together, that we didn't feel the risk of coming back together right. was so great that um, that anybody would, would be in any more danger than they were already. But that conversation really sparked more conversation about yes. what 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 is our or what are our rights as churches and as Christians in America in relationship to the government? Should we resist the government's authority in these regards? Should we respect it because the Bible says that we are to honor our authorities? It's a really important conversation and maybe one we should come back to after we have kind of a year of watching this kind of unfold in our country. Yeah. And maybe come back to it in a few weeks and look at it again with new perspective, um, some new testimonies that we can read about. And, and perhaps uh, sort of expand our, our understanding of how this really works. So if we face something like this again in the future, we'll have a better way of approaching it. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah so now we're getting to the top five, Warren. Top five, top five episodes from last season. And our number five was one that we really enjoyed. It was back there in, in the closet days. Yep. And uh, But we were able to get a, a great interview with Dr. Tom Davis from LSU on children's mental health and COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. And so we jumped on this pretty early in the pandemic while everybody was quarantined. And we talked about the impact that that was having on our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, the children understood something was wrong. Even the young yeah. ones knew, okay, this is not normal. I'm not going to school and I'm not sick or it's not snowing. You know, that, yeah. like this is odd. I'm not going to school. And mom and dad are staying home more. Like, what's really going on? Even young children were able to notice this. And, you know, my, my kids are a little bit older. They were able to observe the news. And we were talking sure. about COVID. They asked questions like, how dangerous is this? Are a lot of people going to die? Are y'all going to die? This, this is serious stuff. And so we spoke with Dr. Tom Davis, who's a member of our church and a professor at LSU who, who is a, a works with children and was able to get some guidance on how parents especially can help themselves Men, men, mentally, but also to help their children yeah. men, mentally deal with this uncertain time. You know, we I think you and I talked about when you looked out the window last spring during COVID, everything looked beautiful and normal, right? Yeah. There were no dark clouds or, you know, nuclear mushroom clouds out in the distance. You know, there weren't zombies walking through the yeah. streets. Last like, spring it, was gorgeous, it was wasn't beautiful. it? It was. And it was like, there's no reason why we can't go back to normal. Like we felt it. Yeah. The children felt it as well. Yeah. It didn't look like we should be staying inside and hunkering down. And so that took a mental toll on children and their parents. And so Tom gave us some really good guidance about yeah, how, sure to, how to balance that out in the home, whether keeping a normal schedule, staying on top of schoolwork, trying to keep some rhythm and routine in the family, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I found re- really helpful for my family. Um, and I think this was a really important episode when we didn't know as much as we know now about COVID. Right. I mean, this was early on. Yeah. And it's still valid. Yeah. You know, so if, if you haven't listened to that episode and you're, you're still wondering because you're still, you guys seeing the strain on your kids. Yeah. 
because uh, they're still not in a normal routine no, not fully. Not uh, go back and listen to it. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's a really good episode that we were able to do as as, as Dr. Tom. Uh, really help us yeah. walk through some of these issues. It's really great that it made top five because I, I think it's, yeah. going, it's going to be relevant for a long time. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, sure. So our number four episode is actually the last episode from season This one's surprising, one. yeah. Yeah, it was the Advent of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we did an Advent series. Mm-hmm. It was like, what, four or five episodes? Four episodes. Four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the last one. Mm-hmm. And it was really well received. A lot of people listened to it because uh, it posted right there close to mm-hmm. Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it was just a good the good timing of being able to listen to the the end of that series yeah. and just kind of hear about the reality of Christ coming the first time and the anticipation of his, yeah. his second coming. Yeah. And especially in the pandemic context that we're in, mm-hmm. what, what wonderful hope. Yeah. We got the revisit during Advent, mm-hmm. and I think that was good for a lot of people. It was good for me. Absolutely. Well, we, we talked about the nature of Advent is, is essentially waiting. You're waiting yeah. for something. And so the, the Old Testament Israelites were waiting for the Messiah. The four sort of themes of Advent are hope, joy, peace, Christ. And so as Christians, we're waiting for Christ to return. And we, we I think we, we, we mentioned in one of those weeks how waiting was an appropriate word for last year, for 2020, because we were waiting for COVID to go away. We were waiting to go back to school, back to work, back to normal. And so waiting was a big theme for us as, as a culture, as, yeah. as really as, as the whole world last year. And so coming to Advent, it was a really a good time to refocus and remember what we're waiting for. And it's not just for COVID to end or yeah. for schools to reopen or businesses to reopen. Really, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And we still have some work to do in the meantime. Right. And so I thought that was a good way to end the year. It was, I think I think it was a good sort of close out to 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we all thought 2021 was going to be completely different, and it has not been. <laughs> the first five days were good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. After January 6th, things started unraveling quickly. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I was really surprised to see that one as high on the list. Yeah, as, as it, it was. was yeah. It was very well received. Yeah. Now, our number three episode, um, top three here, was when we sat down. We talked about um, Ahmad Aubrey mm-hmm. and why his killing matters. Yeah. And this was really just the tip of the iceberg of what went on that summer. Yeah. This is before George we had Floyd. No idea. We had no idea. Um, yeah. And others as well. And we saw uh, many protests being uh, kicked off uh, with this, but in earnest yeah. uh, after George, Floyd, George Floyd's murder. Yeah. Uh, and just the brutality of it. You know, as you, you could watch it on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, a, this is an important topic. And in some way, I'm, I'm glad to see this as a top three yeah. because this is an ongoing conversation that needs to be had mm-hmm. uh, in our society. And the church needs to take the lead on it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, I was listening to David French. Uh, I haven't finished the interview yet, mm-hmm. but uh, he was talking um, with the guys over at Biola University mm-hmm. on their Think Biblically podcast, and he was talking about you know the rise of critical race theory mm-hmm. and how this has been around for decades. It has. So this yeah. is not anything new, no. but these killings back in the summer mm-hmm. really gave the right moment with yeah. things being shut down for those that were advocates for them to, to dust them off yeah, and so push them perish. into the public, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the public um, conscience. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing was the church really didn't have 
as powerful a voice right. when that hit right. to to counter that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this is why we need to have good conversations on issues like this mm-hmm. and not be silent, but also the proper kind of conversations exactly. yeah. because there's a lot of misinformation that's floating around mm-hmm. on these issues as it relates to race. Uh, there's a lot of division, uh, you know, where people are like want to deny, you know, they think extremes yeah. Yeah. and, and the Bible thankfully helps us so much yeah. navigate these and navigate them well uh, then the Bible helps us to do to be better listeners mm-hmm. of our neighbors, especially those in minority communities. Because, you know, where do we start with the gospel? Mm-hmm. Well, we start where people are. Yeah, and we have to acknowledge the reality of what some people are facing, whether it is real or perceived, because that's where they are. Exactly. And if we don't start where they are, and understand it and articulate it ourselves in a way that they can agree that, yes, you you rightly understand sure, this, sure. then our gospel oftentimes is just going to be missing. Yeah. You know, it may be true, but it's missing because we've, we've we, you know, if you're going to plant a seed, mm-hmm. you need to go into the good soil. Yep. If I want, if I try to plant a seed in the asphalt on the road in front of my house, it's not going to work. Right. And so that's a lot of times, you know, to t- take that analogy from Christ that he gives in that, that, that parable, mm-hmm. you want to get the, good, the seed in the good soil. Now, sometimes we put seed and it just falls just, yeah, in, on sure. hard hearts. Mm-hmm. But if we are just, if we're planting in the wrong place to start with, well, then you're not going to see any growth. And so at least being there in the field. Mm-hmm. So that as you as you sow that seed, even if it does fall on hard hearts, that's okay. But you be, you need to you should try to at least start in the field. Absolutely, and and there's a field everywhere, right? You know, and if you recall, Dave, uh, two years ago, Southern Baptists were were kind of disagreeing about critical race theory at our national convention, right? And it got tabled because there was so much disagreement in the convention about what we should do about it. And interestingly enough, a year later, it's in the public conscience now. Right. It was sort of in high academia and some yeah, smaller high, circles. High, yeah, yeah. High but, academia, progressive businesses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a year later, now everybody knows about it, yep. or most people know about it. Um, I think you and I agree it, it's dangerous. I, th- I think it's it's rooted in Marxism, but the conversation needs to be had about why. Right. That we have to be able to answer it because yeah. if we don't have good answers, then it's just going to keep running rampant. Yeah. And the Christians were caught off guard, like like you said. Right. And so if we don't have a way to explain it biblically, yeah. race relations are strained because we're sinners. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can you can throw out any system in, systemic or systematic racism. You can throw out all these arguments for all these things. When it comes down to it, we are sinners and we hate people that are not like us. That, right. That's what it boils down to in every case. Racism is not a uniquely American idea. It's always existed for yeah. all time because yeah. human beings are terrible to one another. And this is just a modern manifestation of it. Yeah, so a doubt. We have to have good Bible answers. Right. And I felt like the, to go back to the subject here on, on Ahmaud Arbery is this started the national conversation that only sparked a revolution in some ways or yeah. really rebellion in some ways um, all summer. And so yeah. you had COVID 
then you have the right. race relations just ratcheted up the tension and a coming election yep. in a few months. And it was just a tense tinderbox waiting to explode. We are blessed that it wasn't worse than it was, honestly. It could Without have been, a doubt. It could have been much, much worse than yeah. what we saw. Uh, we were fortunate and you know blessed by God in Baton Rouge. We didn't have any major um, uh, sort of revolutionary or, or rebellious actions by local people. There was a few marches. But they were all very peaceful, which is there right as Americans to do so. Um, but some of the other cities were on fire, man, and yeah. it was bad. Uh, and we watched that. Forgetting, sort of forgetting about this this particular death of that young man in Georgia, right? Really, is what started it. Yeah, and you know, uh, George Floyd was the one that everybody re- re- sort of remembers from last year, but Ahmed Arbery was the first one really last year that people noticed. Hey, wait a minute! And so there's a conversation that had, that had to be had from that, and I'm I'm thankful that we're at least talking about it now for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll probably talk some more and do some more episodes uh, in the future, uh, so that we can you know think well mm-hmm. on these issues mm-hmm. uh, as a church. And number two, as we get to the, towards the top of our top 10 episodes from season one was peacekeeping versus power. Yep. And this goes all the way back to part eight of the 10 commandments of progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. These, lie, these number one and number two are both from, 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 from that series. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that surprises me because yeah. they were not popular episodes like the entire series Mm -hmm. we first we Mm -hmm. first put it out there but as people went back and started looking at things these are the ones that they wanted to hear more about and so yeah number one number two both come from that 10 episode series Mm -hmm. that we did Um, and so yeah peacekeeping and power was uh, that one in particular, yeah, number so, two. So we, we, we talked a little bit about um, the nature of progressive Christianity and how they have, in, in theologically in many ways, uh, taken some of the, the, the best aspects of Scripture that they can find um, uh, agreeable, palatable for their worldview, and the parts of Scripture that they don't prefer, they feel like it's either oppressive or patriarchal or authoritarian or whatever it may be, they found some critiques of that to sort of dismiss some of those things. And they um, they view the church and its leaders as people who are, um, are hungry for power to domineer or tell other people how to live their lives. And what we talked about was we're not here to tell people how to live their lives, but God does. Right. And the way he tells us how to live our lives is through his word. Mm-hmm. And if you dismiss parts of the word of God, you're dismissing part of what God's telling us on how we should live our lives. And so we have to dispel the idea. Now, listen, there are some people in the church, we see this all the time, who are power hungry. They sure. are arrogant, they are greedy, they are selfish, yeah. and they use the church to manipulate people mm-hmm. and have control of them. That happens. It happens a lot, and it shouldn't, but it does. But it doesn't mean that every church is like that or every pastor or church leader right. is like that. So we have to be able to notice the patterns in their lives to find the, the power-hungry um, you know, lead leaders and get rid of them, but see that pastors do have biblical authority to expect certain behaviors from their churches because that's what God expects. And so finding a way to, to, um, to have this relationship between pastoral leadership and congregation is a really delicate balance that I feel like, particularly in Baptist churches, when it's working well, it's really, really good. When it's abused, either one way or the other, it gets really, really bad. Yeah. And so addressing this um, from a, a biblical standpoint is the only way to understand how churches are supposed to function. 
Um, because if we drift too far away from the biblical instruction, we're going to end up in a place that Jesus and the apostles wouldn't recognize. Right. It's not what they wanted for the church. And so we have to be cautious about understanding the difference between being peacemakers who have influence right. versus power grabbers who have influence. That's exactly right. Yep. And so that brings us into our number one episode mm-hmm. from last <laughs> season. And I got to tell you, I this one, the more this conversation happens in our public discourse, yeah. I think this one's going to just hang around. Yeah, I agree. And that is love is greater than sex. Yes. This was uh, part nine of the, the, the Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity. And this this gets into a whole mess of related issues that we really don't have time to get into mm-hmm. right now, but we will be addressing yep, we have to. later. Yeah. Uh, and all the things that sur- surround this whole concept of sexuality mm-hmm. and identity, mm-hmm. love, marriage, family, all of these things are all wrapped up in, in this, the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. uh, all that we're seeing right now, you know, uh, Mr. Potato Head, Dr. Yeah. Seuss, yeah, sure. all this sort of stems out of this idea that, you know, love should just kind of reign supreme. Yeah. As long as you love and you're sincere, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. If, if you love people, then who you have sex with doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but God would disagree. God would disagree clearly in his word. And so th- this is an ongoing conversation, and I think it will continue to be for quite some time, like years into the future. I think we're going to be having conversations about this. We are in some big, significant ways. Absolutely. So Christians need to be skilled and knowledgeable um, about about how to have these conversations with their own children yeah. and with others in, in, the, in their circles of influence because this is not going away anytime soon, and we certainly want to help you do that as best we can. All right, well, there you go. Year that was the top, top 10. 10 most popular episodes by plays you remember by for n- season number one. number 11 by any chance? Do you remember? No. No? Uh, I'd have to go back in. I'm curious to know what was right, like right down the list. What, uh, what, uh, what didn't make the cut? Yeah, what was, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's like some of these were not as much a surprise. Um, but like you said, Religious Liberties was number one for quite a while. For quite a while, And yes. it got surpassed toward the end of the year. So yeah. um, good good stuff, for sure. It was. Yep. So let's let's as we kind of wrap up our, our year in review time, um, just talking about like COVID, like where we are now mm-hmm. as compared to where we were this time last year. Yeah. Are there any like surprises as far as like what's – been playing out and just how things have changed, mm-hmm. like how the, how this pandemic began to to unfold, mm-hmm. what changed? Were there anything that you were just like, wow, I wasn't expecting that? Yeah, I um, I guess because I, I we didn't know how serious COVID was. Yeah, by the time we got to the summer, I was really surprised at the number of deaths in the country and mm. how rampant it was. If you recall, we were in Israel right before um, right. March, and I remember them talking about COVID while we were there. And we're taking a plane back, and there's people wearing masks. Now, these were um, possibly people that had been sick or were afraid of getting sick. Maybe, yeah. maybe they wore masks all the time. But I remember th- like talking to our travel mates going, what's COVID? What's the big deal? And I was surprised. I think I was genuinely surprised at how, how serious this became. Um, over the course of the first few months. And so that sort of t- took me by surprise a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, what was also, I guess not, not surprising, but encouraging 
was the level of creativity that human beings have. No, without a doubt. When given the opportunity. Yeah. So lots of boredom last year, lots of people staying home with free time. And the internet was filled with reasons to find these websites, whether it's videos or memes or whatever. And the creativity that people uh, sort of displayed last year was really encouraging. We are resourceful. We are very resourceful individuals when given the opportunity. And you often wonder how much of our jobs it sort of restricts that. But when given the extra hours in the day, people can really express some really cool stuff. And so that was fun to watch last year. It was. To see people creative, for sure. Yeah, we participated in a lot of just fun things that folks in our community put together, particularly for kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, going on a bear hunt, driving around to see people had intentionally put stuffed bears in their windows. And, uh, you know, there was even a a couple of these things there in our community where – and people had actually made maps, yeah. you know, and said, hey, you, you can go do this. Like, it was like, like a Easter, treasure hunt, yeah. Yeah, it was like an mm-hmm. Easter egg hunt mm-hmm. where people had put, like, uh, egg decorations mm-hmm. and stuff in mm-hmm. their yard. And it was fun. People were incredibly creative in how they passed the time, how they uh, dealt with these things. You know, a lot of humor, mm-hmm. a lot of, like I said, a lot of memes, yeah, a lot of great. just creative things, people doing videos and whatnot, yeah, for awesome. sure. You know, I think I was, I was surprised the most – by the unpredictability of the virus. Yeah. Like it didn't play by any one set of rules and how it impacted people's health. Mm-hmm. And that really just always kind of kept me, you know, on my back heel. Yeah. Because what's a what's a COVID symptom? Right. I mean, almost anything can be a COVID symptom. It's like the, the flu. more we learn yeah. about it, <laughs> yeah. the more yeah. it's like, man, this thing does it's just it's all over the place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not consistent. And you've got people that were really healthy and young, you know, getting it and within days, in some cases, they're, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got some people that were frail and like they got it and you're like, man, that's it for them. Yeah. And then they're like they're doing, car- they're they're doing cartwheels yeah, out of the hospital, wild, you know, yeah. <laughs> a week afterwards. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been, that, that really surprised me as far as, just the nature of it. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot easier for folks to digest and plan for had it been very consistent. Very predictable, yeah. yeah. I, I think we may have even seen a lift of restrictions in some cases a little sooner. Because we thought we had figured it out. If if it was predictable, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Right. And I think that kind of kept us more on lockdown yeah. I mean, we heard, longer than we thought. We heard we got to keep people out of the hospital because they're limited number of ventilators. Yeah. But then it said, but ventilators aren't good for people to get on when they get to the hospital. And it's just like we kept hearing different stories every other week. And so it just became this sort of this mess you had to sort through. And it was so unpredictable. People that you thought should should have died from it were fine. Yeah. People that you least expected to die from it died, you know. And, yeah. and so it's it was really it was really a surprise. I, I agree with you um, to see how unpredictable this thing was. Yeah. And really, in some cases, still is, for sure. Uh, the one other thing that I, I am, I guess I'm not surprised by maybe somewhat, but also very discouraged by is the number of churches that have closed yeah, and pastors that have left the ministry. Yeah. COVID has, and really COVID and the race relations last year and really the election too yeah. has ended ministries and ended it churches. It has. It is sad. It's startling. It's sad. And, you know, we, we've talked a little bit, maybe they were already on the path to closing, but these things sort of precipitated that and ramped it up a little faster. We, we don't know the situation in every case. But um, to see the number of churches that have closed and pastors have left the, left the, left the ministry altogether is really discouraging. And um, they're not necessarily being replaced either. Right. And so churches are closing and staying closed. Yeah. And that, that is 
heartbreaking for the Christian church it in really America. Is. So we're, we're all praying for revival, that God will bring a revival from this yeah. dry time and that we will see some great fruit produced from it. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah. We'll definitely pray yeah. towards that end. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about like what's like the big change in all of this, mm-hmm. whether it be in our daily lives and you know how we work, play, school. What's, what's the big change for you coming out of this? I think and this is probably number one for all of us, and it is the way we communicate. Yeah. Um, prior to COVID, uh, it was in person. It was email, text message, and every once in a while, maybe a, a, some sort of video call. But that was extremely rare. Yeah. Now, our primary means of communication is video. Whether right. it's, whether, now, for those that are, say, here on Sunday morning for worship, they hear a sermon and they sing songs. But there are just as many people watching online now. Yeah. And this is true for every church and every ministry, especially um, schools from college all the way down to kindergarten are online. Doctors visits are telehealth, yeah. telehealth online. Yeah. I mean, we are communicating through our devices more than we ever have any time prior. And so I think that has permanently changed and to some degree. I know there's Zoom burnout and there's meetings online burnout. I get it. I am. I, f- I feel that myself. But we're not going back. This is going to be a permanent yeah. fixture in our church, in, in our churches, and in our communities for a very long time. Yeah, we've talked before about how things like a crisis, a major crisis like this, is on such a large scale, impacts so many people. What it does is it rapidly advances where you are already going as a culture yep. by leaps and bounds, years worth. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very likely that we would have ended up with all of this. Technology. Technology and Zoom stuff and people working more from home and, and whatnot. And so I think that for me, that's also like the biggest change is yeah. adjusting to that because, you know, we didn't do a lot of this stuff before because we didn't, number one, we didn't have to. Didn't know how. <laughs> and didn't know how. And in some cases, it just kind of felt a little bit exhausting. Sure. And so we could sort of, you know, tailor our experience to really our desire to want to be on these platforms and now you don't have a choice you're just you're thrown into it and everyone's beginning to realize we have to do more of this yeah and it doesn't matter what age you are Mm -hmm. everyone realizes this is it yeah and so for the challenge for us and what we do in communicating Mm -hmm. gospel truth it really and it just throws a monkey wrench in how we've been educated and trained for the last almost 30 years yeah. and to try to reorient ourselves to think this way mm-hmm. and find out what is going to work. It is a challenge and it, it is. is a change. And like you said, it's not going away. No, this is, soon. this is the new reality. Absolutely. I'll talk, I remember talking to grandparents who have not seen their grandkids in a year. Yeah. And had they not had video call, it would only oh, been their grandchildren's voices, which yeah. you'd be thankful for what you have, sure. but at least being able to see your grandkids yeah. on video was helpful for them to see yeah. how much they're growing. But being able to be with them in person certainly is the, yes. is the ideal nature, but I don't think we're going back no. to what it was before. Hopefully we'll get some semblance of that back. I think we will kind of have some sort of normalcy as far as for our gatherings with one another, but as far as for online communication and all these different platforms, these are here to stay for a very, very long time. And we have to adapt. We have to be able to use them 
um, or we'll get left behind. Like I mentioned before, you see an automobile, you think you don't need it, you keep your horse and buggy. The yeah. automobile's going much faster, much further than you are. So we have to embrace these mediums, these these means of communication, and leverage them for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll figure it out along the way. Sure. And you know, nobody, you know, is an expert at any new technology that comes right. along. Right. It, there's this learning curve that we all have to have, and people have to figure out, well, how does this even fit in mm-hmm. just because you can, it can do something. Yeah. Right. Remember when the iPhone came out, oh, yeah. people were like, Hey, watch, watch my phone, pour a beer, you mm-hmm. know, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this technology is amazing. And that's what you come up with. It took, it took a while mm-hmm. for people to say, you know, we can have apps that do all kinds of things that are beneficial yep. to us that actually help us in uh, being, you know, being productive in our work. Uh, they can help us educate ourselves they can help us you know be more safe and secure in certain ways but at first it's almost like a toy you know yeah yeah. and people kind of fumble around with it because they just don't know what to do they don't know how it fits in well our phones we'll figure this out as well our phones were more for entertainment and last year they became tools (laughs) for business and education yeah people you know before covid america was laughed at globally for their overemphasis on entertainment mm-hmm. apps, mm-hmm. whereas country, you know countries and continents in like in Africa and Asia, mm-hmm. particularly, put more focus on practical uses yep. for the technology. Like they didn't have time. I don't have time for Candy Crush. Yeah, like people are starving. People are dying of diseases. We've got we've got major infrastructure issues that we have to overcome. They look to this technology and go, how do we use that? Mm-hmm. And so they're developing things that were amazing. Yeah. And they're just like, you Americans, all you want to do is look for the next game. <laughs> and of course now this has, this has caused us to think more seriously about yeah. this technology and how we use it. And Absolutely. that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. All right. One last, one last thing, yep. and then we'll wrap this up. Let's talk about long-term impact in general. Mm-hmm. This is a watershed moment in our history. Yeah, we'll always remember 2020. We'll always remember. It's always going to shape us moving yeah. forward. What do you think is going to be the thing that is the biggest lasting aspect of COVID on our lives moving forward? Um, if you had a guess. Well, um, I don't know as far as for the society as a whole. Uh, let me speak to the churches. Maybe you could talk sure. about society okay. as a whole. The reduction in attendance, yeah, is going to be with us for decades. Yeah, I th- unless there's if, a if not longer, always. Yeah, yeah. I think unless God provides a, a massive and moving revival, which He very well could. Yep, and we'll pray for that for sure. But if nothing really changes in our, our trajectory now, attendance in churches is going to be down for quite a while. It'll level off at some point, and we'll get to what we call normal. Well, it's going to take us a couple of years. It's going to be a very different normal. Yeah, Yeah, because we keep thinking pre-COVID or even 10, 15 years ago numbers, and those numbers are shattered now. Yeah. And so I think we're going to have to embrace this reality that we're not going back to what it was before March of last year. It's something that has been altered permanently, or at least in our lifetimes probably, um, barring some miracle of God to bring people back to the churches. So. That is, there's a long-term implication there for membership, for utilization of resources, for how pastors are being trained in seminaries. Without a doubt. Like there's going to have to be a Zoom class or a online meetings class for pastors. Like you have to know how to do this. We, 
we took a crash course in it last year, right? Because we had to. This is going to have to be training in seminaries for these guys because this again, it's not going away. And then dealing with the fluctuations in attendance because there's so much uncertainty these days. Yeah, that's part of the world now, and. We would probably be wise to learn from some of our brothers and sisters in other countries who have dealt with things sort of like this before Mm -hmm. and how you manage something like this over a long period of time. But we're going to have our own unique American challenges, if you will, to reach people in this new age. And so I think the the permanent change is the – we we saw – church attendance reducing over the last 15 years or so anyway, last year it just bottomed out. And yeah. that was by, 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 Again, by force, by design. In, in some cases, like I said, these, these crises, these, these uh, pandemics and things like that show us where we were headed exactly. anyway. Yeah, it just, it just ramped up the, the timeline, so, yeah. so, so, so to speak. So I, I think for church leaders and for church members, we're going to have to be okay with the way things have changed and then learn how to be creative and adaptive in this new culture where it's just not going to be like it was before. Yeah, definitely a piggyback on all of that. And I think one of the things that's going to be around with us for a long time because of COVID is I think it's going to change our interaction with each other. I agree. Um, I don't think we're ever going to be as fully comfortable as we used to be mm-hmm. pre-COVID mm-hmm. with certain situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, when flu season comes around, you know, we're, we're probably going to be in COVID season. Mm-hmm. You know, from here on out, mm-hmm. you know, COVID vaccine, flu vaccine, just get them all at the same time. Yep. Um, we may be more uncomfortable with gatherings and greetings. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to doing those things, but I think that we're going to have this in the back of our minds at some level that the way we interacted before yeah. is not something that we feel we can go back to. They will, they will keep some aspects of precaution and distance. Oh, sure. Uh, you know. Well, look, let's take yesterday, for instance, at church. Yeah. How many times yesterday did you fist bump rather than shake, shake, shake a hand? I never shook a hand. Right. I think I maybe fist bumped like two people. Right. But even yeah. like if you do have each stand your hand out in any kind of fellowship to a brother or sister, it's usually a fist bump yeah. or an elbow or yeah. kind of a like you're not shaking hands anymore. I yeah. shake a couple of hands every once in a while, but it's even awkward when you approach someone. You're like, what do I do? It is awkward. It's isn't weird, it? you know. Yeah. And so that may go away altogether. I, I don't know. I used to hug lots of people in church. You know, I think we're kind of a, a, a huggy church in some regards. That's all gone. No one's doing that anymore. Yeah. And so you're right. This has changed all over. Um, our, our society, especially among older generations, the younger folks tend to try to try to get back to their to their more friendly ways. Sure, but uh, older folks, yeah, we're much more cautious now. Yeah, you've seen what just, this can do. This trust or yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, there you go, folks. We have, as best to our abilities, recapped. Yeah, the last year of Footnotable, and we appreciate you sticking it out with us, Absolutely. especially those yeah. who joined us online for the for the live stream and um, it was quite a year to start a podcast it was you know it was this is we will forever remember that first season Mm -hmm. and how all that played out and where it's brought us now in all of this so we've got a great season two uh, so definitely be uh, be joining us uh, be checking out things on our facebook page and instagram as we move forward
right. So speaking of good, good Facebook and Instagram, do find our Facebook page. Like us and share us, please. Like us, share us. Also on Instagram at Foot Notable, and you can definitely like us, then follow us there. Whatever you do on Instagram, mm-hmm. and don't forget our YouTube page. Uh, so this video, the recording of it, will actually be our first video on YouTube. So yeah. if you would like to subscribe and ring the bell for notifications, please do so. We'll put that link on Facebook once we actually get a video up there on YouTube so that you can do that as well. And join the Foot Notables social media yes. empire or whatever it is. Yes, Tell your friends, tell your family, invite them to listen. We need your help to get this thing out there to the public. Thank y'all for joining us today. Love y'all.